0: Triple Play Fantasies basketball show with Doc, Coach,
1: and Brass DeDomis starts now.
2: NBA trade deadline talk. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Triple Play Basketball Pod. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points... I got two of the normal guys here. I have the host of the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, Waiver Wire, a proud coach, a LeBron stand, a coach who I should mention is uh, leading his team to a winning streak, and soon to be dad, the man that has the one <laughs> in Triple Play fantasy, Mr. James Lewis. What's going on?
0: What's up, boys? Yeah, winners of six in a row. Uh, we got two weeks left in, this, in
2: the middle school season, and uh, we're trying to go for that first place. Okay. Okay. We on we on that grind right there. We on that grind right there. In the bottom right hand corner, the man smiling, wearing a cap. The one that is in way too many fantasy basketball leagues, which means he can't <laughs> check them all. We got Brad Stadamas, aka Brad Kilgore. What's going on?
1: Yeah, man. You're you're lucky I can't check this league because I'd definitely be in first place.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what you've been saying two years. I don't think you've made bottom one feeders. roster. Move. Yeah, he, he hasn't made one roster move in two years. Don't let him listen to that. But but you'll notice.
1: But- But you can still check out all my basketball takes on FantraxHQ.com.
2: Okay. All right. All right. A little plug for Brad. But you'll notice we have a special guest at the bottom of the screen right here. And we got to intro him on the right way. So we welcome in a man who you could say is peachy as he covers the (laughs) Hawks. The author of Kobe Bryant's Sneaker History. A man who is endorsed for leadership, public relations, and social media on LinkedIn. A recent homeowner. This NBA writer is always looking snazzy on and off the court, even if he goes back to school. We welcome in Pat, the Rock Benson. What is going on?
3: Hey, don't stop, man. Keep
2: going. I
3: appreciate that. No, that's the nicest podcast intro I've ever received, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for making me feel at home.
2: Oh, of course, man. And, you know, I wanted you to tell a little bit about yourself to the audience, you know, how you got started, especially, I mean, you're doing some great work for SI.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, uh, basically, not a whole lot you can do with a political science degree. So uh, in my late 20s, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a stab at sports writing. And I went from doing the local high school sports scene to eventually professional sports for Sports Talk ATL. Then eventually Forbes and uh, wrote the book in the meantime. And then just this past August, uh, uh, SI picked me up to cover the Atlanta Hawks. And it's been a dream, man. Uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, I'm a fan. So I often find myself just starstruck when I'm around these players. So really, I'm, I'm living the dream, man. I'm happy.
2: That's awesome to hear. And I did see that you had a selfie with Reggie Miller. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of one of those things of like, I know I made it. Um But I mean, being a Hawks fan, I'm sure it's been a a little bit of an interesting ride the past couple of years.
3: Yeah, well, to be total honest I'm a Lakers fan. I just oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But That's uh, even worse, I, yeah, I know it's been real rocky the past couple of years, but uh, lots of ups and downs. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been uh, an interesting uh, stretch here lately for the Atlanta Hawks. But really, you know, long term, they're really set up in a good position just because they have Trey Young. So as long as Trey Youngs on your team, you're going to be competing. So really, uh. No reason to get too down right now if you're a Hawks fan.
2: That's true. That's true. Eastern Conference Finals appearance. again. Can't, can't get too mad off that. And we're probably going to talk a little bit of Hawks today because we're talking NBA trade deadline. No Hawks on there. But hopefully we see some notable names that are getting moved. And fellas, let's just hop into it right away because we're going to talk about a trade that happened. And that's between the Clippers and the Blazers. So in this deal, the Clippers received Norman Powell and Robert Covington. The Blazers received Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson and a second round pick. Now, I think it just needs to go without saying that the Blazers have botched this very well uh, because they turned Gary Trent and two firsts into what they just received in the Clippers deal. So, Pat, I want to go to you. What are your thoughts on the trades? You know, I guess winners and losers and what it means for each team.
3: Yeah, I think it's just a brazen salary dump by the Portland Trailblazers. I think uh, they're trying to avoid the avoid the luxury tax at all costs. Like like they're Donald Trump, man. They're not going to pay that luxury tax. So uh, <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's uh, unfair to Damian Lillard. To be honest, and uh, you know, I'll be honest. I didn't expect uh, the Clippers to be buyers at this trade deadline with uh, really Paul George being injured and Kawhi out for the season. I thought they were probably going to punt on this season, but it looks like uh, they picked up some nice pieces for I think a good a good deal. I I want to touch on that real quick, and then we have a question for you because I thought
2: that this was kind of a punt it year for the Clippers, like Kawhi Leonard not mm-hmm. coming back, like Paul George having that elbow in injury, and
1: what they're in the playoff hunt.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying, but I, I thought prior to the year, because they're both signed for another three to four seasons that they would play the long-term game, but uh co-host of the waiver wire show, Jacob Dunn, saying, what are the odds one or both of Atlanta big men get shipped out of the deadline? Great to have you on the show.
0: Thank you. I think we should send that to Pat.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for Pat.
3: Oh yeah. 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 Well, first let's come back. I want to hear Brad's thoughts on the Clippers trade after, but, um, No, Clint Capella can't be traded right now due to contract stipulation. He can't be moved until the offseason. But at that point, I would say, I think Bleacher Report's going to have a field day with uh, all the different uh, trade speculation involving Capella. And uh, John Collins, I think a few weeks ago, it looked like it was a real possibility. He could have been moved as part of the Ben Simmons uh, potential trade. I am cooling off on that now. It seems like those trade talks have kind of fallen apart. Daryl Morey wants to uh, overtly win any trade he's a part of, and I think the Hawks' front office is too shrewd to, to go along with, I agree yeah, with
1: that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I, I was really impressed with what the Clippers did. I, I think yeah. Tyron Clue has Tyron Lou has rightfully been getting a lot of credit for how he's kept his team afloat without Paul George and without um, uh, Kawhi, and you know, just having them in the playoff hunt. It lets me know that they have the pieces necessary to win a championship if they really shore up their lineup. And I think they were looking long term by doing this move. You know, you've got a Norman Powell who can get you 20 on the wing literally on any night. He's shooting 45 percent from the field, 40 from three. He has a legitimate chance to be a 50, 40, 90 guy in, in the coming years. And I've I've never thought that he was capable of that kind of thing up until last year, really. So. Um, It's just really impressive what Norman Powell's been able to do and how he's been able to grow. And then they also got a three and D guy in Robert Covington, which they desperately need a stretch three that can play a little bit in the post and also guard your wings and and your fours if, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are going to need to get on the offensive end. So I was just really impressed with what the Clippers did. I, I think that it was the right move not to punt this year, because if you want to go ahead and make sure that Paul George and Kawhi keep coming back, you're going to have to make sure that they feel comfortable with the team you've assembled. And I think Norman Powell is really going to take some pressure off of them. So I, I was I was impressed by this move with the Clippers. That's and to build that. off your
3: point, yeah, to build off your point, Brad, um, the, the Clippers desperately needed some offense. That's obviously where they've been hurting a lot this season. And two, uh, I appreciate teams – staying competitive even though yes. it may it may not be their year without Kawhi but not everything right. has to be feast or famine I like seeing teams go out there and compete so that that's refreshing. Yeah
2: Absolutely. and and they were saying about Ty Lewis he doesn't like to to lose. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason they made this deal. I mean Brad I don't think they're going anywhere Kawhi and Paul George because they have player options through the 24 25 season where they're both making 48 mil so true I don't think but they're the
1: kind of guys they can get that anywhere if they wanted to
2: in their mid-30s I don't know if you're getting 48 mil but James hop in let's hear your thoughts
1: well
0: you see two teams going two different directions and uh Steve Ballmer doesn't mind paying that luxury tax uh I like <laughs> the move uh I think that the death lineup that involves Rocco Leonard PG-13 Norman Powell and whoever's playing good that day whether that's um, scary Morris well that's Reggie Jackson who's had a resurgence of his career and Norman Powell he has a 6'11 wingspan you go ro- Roco at center I mean defensively um and offensively it, it's gonna give troubles for any team in the NBA so I just like those components you have Norman Powell for five years and yes he's become a, a really damn good guard on both ends uh, giving you 19 in a game shooting career high from the three-point line at 41 percent um it it it's gonna mesh well with your stars and Kawhi Leonard and PG thirteen. So you know, hopeful that maybe they get off of injuries. But even with just PG thirteen, we saw that team um, push through and uh, defeat the
2: Mavericks. So
1: also a little a little shout out for Brandon Boston, man. I I thought he was gonna be a draft and stash guy, but he's really turned in some some nice nice efforts when he's getting those twenty minutes a game.
0: When about young, younger players, uh, Keon Johnson was in the deal. So you, you can see Portland um, thinking about the future. Yes, they have to pay uh, Anthony Simons, who's just playing out his mind in the offseason. So uh, you could see, you know, benefits for both teams here. And yes, we feel bad for uh, Damian Lillard, but it is what it is.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I have too much to add. Can we just agree that Portland got in a really bad position and the Clippers just fleeced him?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. All right. It was, it seems like we're all in agreement with this. So we're going to go to the next rumor and this has been something that's been circulating and this probably is the biggest names and James Harden for a potential Ben Simmons swap. Wouldn't that be interesting? Now numerous sources have come out and said that this is something that has been floated around. Obviously James Harden, a little bit discontent in Brooklyn. Um, ben Simmons hasn't played this year. There's, there's the Daryl Morey connection and really, it's Is Brooklyn going to retain James Harden after this season? And, and what we've seen for some teams, the Raptors a couple of years ago, they went all in with Kawhi for one year and they won it. And I think on paper, the Nets probably have the best roster right now when healthy. So, Pat, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Do you think this trade actually happens or do you think it should
3: happen? I don't think it happens in the next four days, to be honest. Like I mentioned earlier, I think Daryl Morey, I think he's more interested in playing poker than he is in team building. (laughs) And um, he he just, you know, come on. He could have made a lot of these trades by now, but unless he's just overtly winning the trade, he's not going to make it happen. And I don't think uh, these two teams bridge that gap in the next less than a week.
2: I I think that's a a good point. Brad, what are your thoughts on this?
1: So you guys know how I feel about Ben Simmons. You know how highly I regard him, his defensive prowess, and just – that he can be so interchangeable and guard every single position on the floor i think this is going to happen but probably not until the off season, as all the reports have been indicating um when you look at brooklyn they're sixth in the league in offensive rating so they don't need any points they don't need anything from harden they will have enough with kd and kyrie but they're 19th in the league in defensive rating if they can get a ben simmons somebody that can be that interchangeable and guard guards guard forwards guard centers they're probably the best team in the East and that's over Milwaukee. I, it's over the heat. Like I, I honestly think Ben Simmons is the perfect piece for them because KD and Kyrie can give them everything they need offensively.
2: It's interesting. I guess if Ben Simmons does play this season, we'll see his level of conditioning. I mean, he hasn't played since May or I want to say actually mid June. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's eight months without playing Don't competitive basketball.
1: Don't ramp yeah. them up.
2: Yeah. But I mean, in terms of ramping up, now you have to integrate him for a championship window. Now coach hop in. Let, let's hear your thoughts.
0: I'd like to fit in Brooklyn, uh, four years of Ben Simmons. Uh, he'd be the perfect, perfect piece to play alongside KD. You don't have to worry about having to shoot the ball at the end of the game. It, Kevin does that. Kyrie does that. Um, That's right. uh, and they, they'll let him let him go. Um, uh, as we see Kyrie plays really well off of the ball with, uh, with James Harden kind of playing a la point guard. Um, I think that it would be a win for uh, Brooklyn, but I don't see uh Philly just giving him that. And what, uh, I think they're, they're staying content and they are going to keep Ben and Ben has to make the decision. Do I come back and see that I actually have a chance to win a championship with Joel and be playing better than anybody in the world right now?
1: Well, I think that answer is already. No, but coach, <laughs> what do you think about this question? I mean, right I here? still think I, that
0: there's a, there's a lot. I mean, there's still time in this season. I mean, you could see the opportunity. I mean, I wouldn't count it completely out. I think that there's there's marginal hope that we well, can see mean, Ben Simmons on the court.
1: Shaq was talking about this on TNT because Shaq was giving Ben Simmons a hard time publicly, and Ben Simmons texted him like, hey, ease up. I'm going through some things. I, I think he needs a different place um, just mentally, not only you know, competitively speaking. I, I think he just doesn't want to be there. He's not comfortable. But I'm curious. What do you think of Christian's uh, Ooh, question right there?
2: Okay. All right.
1: That, I think this is a real good question right here. That's to you, Coach.
0: Um. So yeah, this is this has been thought thought about in the past. I just don't see um, Boston doing that. I think they they value Brown uh, over over Simmons uh, I as a guarantee. Right.
2: I want to I, I want right. to leave that for later because I one of the targets I think Boston's going to acquire. And before we go to our next thing, Brad, I'm actually with you. I think the the most sense makes after the season, you know, it's known that James Harden and Ben Simmons both won out and you can trade yeah. star caliber for star caliber. You don't mess up the dynamic going on mid season. And I, I think Ben Simmons fits in with a lot of teams. I mean, how many players and not, not to, to cast versions, but a lot of players in the NBA are ego driven. They want the statistics. They want to shoot the ball because that's what gets notoriety. And Ben Simmons is one of the few guys that doesn't want to shoot the ball. And he does right. everything else exceptional, and I think once this season is over, there's going to be more of like, okay, yeah, he's not playing for us. He just missed an entire season. Let's let's have some suitors. Let's do a sign and trade. And I mean, as Pat said, Daryl Morey wants to play poker. He wants to win these trades, and I don't think he's in a position where he has to necessarily fold the hand he has right now. So, and
1: Eric, to your point, like they've only played what like seven games together, the big three in Brooklyn, like. They don't know. They're 19th defensively right now, but maybe they get some games under their belt that comes up to, you know, top 10. And if they're a top 10 defense, I have no reason to think they they won't be title contenders.
2: Uh-huh. And, and once again, we've got to see what the team looks like postseason. When everybody's healthy. But we're going to talk about a team that should make a move and especially a player that should be gone. And I think this is long overdue as Mr. Bradley <laughs> Beal, who is eligible for a Supermax this summer. The Wizards started out the season ten and three in the number one seed in the East, and let's just be honest: when you blow a thirty-five point lead to the Clippers <laughs> without their two biggest stars, if that doesn't make you reevaluate the future, I don't know what does. So, Coach, I'm gonna go to you as the Wizards fan. What do you think the Wizards should do? Should they get rid of Bradley Beal, or do you think that he's part of their future?
0: Uh, what I think should happen, what I what is going to happen? I, I so I think Bradley Beal uh, stays and he signs he signs a long term deal, and then if it's not working out, then he can go to the front office and and ask for a trade down the line. I think that he wants the big money and you're going to get that. If you stay in house with Washington, when you get that five year supermax. And so I I don't see, and I also don't see the front office uh, moving on from Bradley, even though I think that is probably the better move of the two to do right now.
2: I don't know why it's just so hard for them to admit that they want to do a rebuild. Like that's okay. It's okay to rebuild in the NBA. Like, We've seen the Hawks do it when you know they had that the the five All Star the four All Stars of Horford, Millsap, Corver, worst NBA All Star by the way of all time. Sorry to upset <laughs> you, uh, Damari Carroll and Jeff Teague, and that was a sixty win season. They got swept Anthony Eastern Mason Conference was pretty
0: bottoms. bad. I remember no, Anthony Mason from that, Miami. That is, got that, in.
2: that is pretty bad. That is pretty bad. We could do a whole show of that, but Pat, I'm curious as somebody that covers a team in the same division, you probably see the Wizards <laughs> a lot more than. People outside of the D.C. area, what do you think they should do?
3: Uh, well, I saw where Mark Stein reported recently that the Wizards are highly unlikely to deal Bradley Bill before the trade deadline unless he requests a trade. I don't think he's going to make that request. He really seems to enjoy like the the speculation and the, the ongoing attention and the drama. I think he likes to be courted and I think he likes to be asked about these sort of things. So he's not going to ask for a trade. So I think he's he's going to be with them through uh, uh the rest of the season and like coach said uh washington makes the most sense for him i think they're going to gladly open up the checkbook for bradley Beal.
2: oh god See, here's my thing and brad i want to go i'll go to you after they are not going to win with bradley Beal. like i love bradley Beal, but trade him while his value is highest because once he signs that supermax contract if you decide to move him at any point it's going to be tougher that's what we saw with john wall when when somebody's making the bigger bucks a team is less reluctant to take that on. And Brad, you and I see a lot of, of eye-to-eye of trading players where their values peak. And Bradley Beal's was probably last season still some trade value, but what do you think the wish should do? And can you get equal value for Brad Beal?
1: So, Doc, I'm I'm with you 100%. I, I was kind of out on Brad Beal as a number one last year when he was leading the league in usage rate, but it took Russell Westbrook in the second half of the season to really power them over the hump to get them to the playoffs. I just don't think he's a number 1. I think he's he's too inefficient. Yes, he can go hit incredible shots. Yes, he can have he's a type that can have a 50-point game. Yes, he's a a, a very good three-point shooter. But in terms of a number 1, in terms of a guy you want to pay 250 million plus, I just don't think he's that guy. I I I think that, you know, the Wizards drafted him and they really developed him into this this top-tier caliber player. But you also have to accept that if you can't build a team around that that can contend, it's time to move on and get some value for that because his window is going to close. So I, I think he's wow. better used somewhere, and then like a Denver type place or you know a, a Brooklyn type place or somewhere a Philly type place somewhere where they need scoring. Um, I, I just think that his time in Washington should be done. I think he wants that money and he likes Washington, so he's not, and he wants to be loyal, so he's not saying that. But I'm hoping that they make a move on his behalf because I think it's better for Washington and it's better for him in his career if he goes elsewhere. So, around the horn,
2: around the horn, and I want to start with Pat. If a Wizard Sixers trade was centered around Bradley Beal and Ben Simmons, and obviously you have salary caps and you have pieces match up, but those are the main two deals, would you do it?
0: Yes. Yes. No, James, no, I'm sticking with with Bradley.
2: Oh, stop. Your bias is showing.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sticking with Bradley Beal over Ben Simmons. I'm not, I'm not building my franchise around him.
1: I can respect that.
2: Okay, I, I I didn't want us to all agree on that. So hey, I gave it I gave, like it, it, I gave it real back.
0: thought. I think that Brad brought up a good point about him being that being that number one in the clutch situations. It's funny that the, the Wizards are turning to uh, Kuzma and KCP and uh, yeah. the balls and Spencer Dinwiddie. Exactly. It's, not, it's not Bradley Beal closing yeah. out these games.
1: Kuzma's the one that looks like a number one, and it's really I, shocking. I, I, to me. Yeah, hey,
2: I, I, if anything,
0: we it's got a rebounding
2: Westbrook.
0: machine. Yeah, we he got Kuzma
2: for Westbrook. Ooh. Talk about about a good job by Tommy Shepard. That's not anything to say about a Wizards GM.
1: I hate Crow with that trade because I wanted to keep Russell Westbrook, but it's looking like he's over the hump and Kuzma was just underutilized. That was an excellent trade by Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard
2: doing better trades in one and a half years than Ernie Grunfeld did in 16 years.
0: If that trade was on the board, I think Maury pulls the trigger for Bradley Beal. I think he's searching for a star. Yes, he wants Harden. Um, he's holding on tight for Ben, but I think as a second option, I think he's he would say yes to a Brad Beal. Okay. So. All right.
2: All right. Well, go into a guy that's a little bit of a superstar to somebody that has really made his name in the last couple of years, and that's Mr. Jeremy Grant playing for the Detroit Pistons, who seem to be going through a rebuild. Now, Grant is 27 years old, making 20 million this year. And $21 million next year. And then he's set to become an unrestricted free agent. And it's kind of in an interesting place as he signed with the Pistons. A little bit surprising considering where they were. And he's really shown his value as a versatile forward, somebody that can score the ball. Interesting that he is coming off a uh, torn UCL on his thumb. But he's looked pretty good playing right away. And side note, I just love how he has the ninja headband. Swag on 100. <laughs> Swag on 100 for Jeremy Grant. But Are those still the- legal? I, they aren't, but he, it's like he has like it's making closest, it work. It, he has the closest it could be without being like the outrageous. Um, I appreciate that. But Pat, <laughs> I want to I want to ask you because the Pistons have two people that are over thirty or that are thirty on their team: Kelly Olenek and Corey mm-hmm. Joseph. Other than that, everybody is twenty five or younger. Besides Jeremy Grant, do you think he stays with them as kind of that veteran presence, or do you think they they move him while his value
3: is high? I don't know if his value is ever going to be higher. And I believe it was the Athletic recently that reported that the Sacramento Kings have become the biggest uh, potential trade partner for uh, Jeremy Grant. And uh, also keep an eye on the uh, Utah Jazz as well. I've seen where they've been linked to the Pistons as well and potential trade talks. So uh, I don't know if his stock's ever going to be higher. And I think now would be a smart time for the Pistons to cash in on Grant.
2: So let me ask you, because I think Utah needs to make an all-in move. They're, I, I forgot who somebody compared to him, Like the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL, good regular season team, nothing in the postseason. But I feel like the Jazz don't have many assets, like angles towards ACL, and that's an expiring contract. Who do you realistically think the Jazz could give up for Jeremy Grant?
3: Oh, no, man. I've got to break out the trade machine on that one.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, but you do think the Pistons move him?
3: Yeah, I think so.
2: Okay coach as a as a Jeremy Grant stand and I I know that you've been on him for a little bit what do you think his future is looking like hey,
0: well you know like he's a local kid uh, over here at the math, the product uh, so I've been watching him since since his high school days uh, and he's just really blossoming in the nba um it, hear me out uh, maybe maybe this is crazy maybe not um the the guy that got away Christian Wood um in Houston I like I like actually a swap getting him in return I think he's he's a good fit with Cade Cunningham Um, I I like the Lakers to dabble and get into this as well they give up uh, THT in in their first uh, in return they get Eric Gordon and they possibly pick up a veteran like Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph the Lakers have to go all in and uh, Eric Eric Gordon is a good fit for that team Um, Jeremy Grant gets the ball in Houston he he loves this role in Detroit being being quasi guy and um, he you know the Murmurs in, in Denver, they were going to give him a similar contract, but he wanted to go to a place where the ball would be in his hand. And he would do that in Houston. And clearly um, the Christian Wood, uh, Jalen green, this whole experiment, it's been ugly this season. And uh, I think that this could be an option for them that they kind of get equal asset in return.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that, that's a, that's a three-way trade. I didn't see coming. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know if the Lakers, like everybody thought like THT had value and then he just had awful game. So he, it's like deteriorating pretty quick. I, it'll be interesting because I feel like they gave up all of their assets to get Russell Westbrook. They don't have a first round pick till 2027. And at that point, like, are you, you going to try a something? Lottery I
0: know I was thinking outside the box and LeBron James I, fan myself. Benching so.
2: Russ is trying something. <laughs> but speaking of benching Russ, we'll go to the Russ stand. Brad, where do you think Jeremy Grant's going to go?
1: Uh, Jeremy Grant's really hard for me because I don't value him as highly as a lot of people do. Um, I kind of look at him in the same way as I look at Julius Randle, and that like I think that he had one season where he got the primary usage and he made the most of it, so now you have to pay all-star prices for him, and I don't think he's that caliber of a player. So I look at Jeremy Grant, and I don't want him on a losing team like Houston or Detroit because i want to give those young guys that you drafted – as much usage usage as possible and i want them to grow and i don't think he's a missing piece for any contenders really because who needs like a an undersized four slash five that can you know put up an inefficient unef- 20. so I, I to me it's just like i he's kind of in no man's land if i could have him cheaper i'd like him but you have to pay all-star prices for him so i am just not really a fan so i i'm not i'm not in on the Jamie grant chain at all
2: let me add, let me put out this thought. Jeremy Grant to the Cleveland Cavs. They got two good big men with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Jared Allen looking like a steal at 20 mil, and he signed through the next four seasons. So where
1: is where are his minutes? You just deflated your, your argument right there.
2: Yeah, They so they have two bigs at the four and five. They have uh-huh. Darius Garland running the point. That's probably their biggest weakness right now is a small forward, especially someone versatile.
1: I look at him as a four.
2: You look at him as a four? Yeah. Okay.
0: But well, who do you give up? I mean, I like no, him going to I, Cleveland. I, I, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking,
2: I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Well, here's the thing: is Cleveland doesn't have to pay anyone for a while, especially if they don't pay Sexton. I'm thinking a Coro and a protected first for Jeremy Grant.
1: I think that makes him a a favorite coming out of the East. That's Doc. That's that's a fair trade, I think, to be honest. But I just if if I viewed him as a three, I think you definitely pull the trigger on that. I view him as a four. Well, here's the thing: is the
2: Cavs are kind of doing opposite of small ball, where they're doing big ball. People that yeah. are tall, right. athletic, long wingspans. So if you view him as a four and they play him at the three, that kind of fits you know with like the dynamic.
1: Eric, you swayed me on this. I really <laughs> love that. Actually, yeah, that, that's core is a young solid. talent. A core like, is a young talent. Like Detroit would like that. Yeah, and and
2: that way they're getting a future first as well. And I I think for Cleveland, like you're doing better than you thought. You don't have to pay any of these guys for a while. You have Jeremy Grant for under 20 mil or for 20 mil next year. And then after that, that. him him and Kevin Love are off the books. So that frees up 48 mil. So in two years, you want to go for a huge superstar or if you want to lock up your young talent early, you have the ability to do that.
1: I don't know if that works in the trade machine because they do like I, I think Jeremy Grant's cap number is pretty large.
2: They they'd have to give up like like Rubio kind of like or probably Rubio because his contract's expiring just to match up. for Rubio is
1: playing incredible. I don't think I they know. want to give up Rubio. I know.
0: Well, well I wanted to ask uh, Pat like how can Sexton be a can he be a trade play in, in any trade discussions right now because he's injured? I know he he's a, a sign and trade option in the off season, but is it, is there any movement that he could go right now and somebody tries to sign him in the summer?
3: I don't know, man. You'd have to ask uh, who's the guy—Duncan uh, or, yeah, or Hollinger? Duncan, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm, I'm not that familiar with uh, what works with CBA and everything else. Okay, well, but, that's why we brought you
2: on this pod. We thought you're David. David. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not all in a indications- I don't know. Well, all
0: indications see that uh, Sexton is gonna is gonna make a move, and yeah. we'll see um, what type of team uh, is gonna want to get him. I think he's a perfect like six man. Yeah. yeah. And and that's,
2: that's a shame. That's a shame to say, but we're, we're staying with the guard theme and coach brought this graphic in here earlier and the dynamic backcourt Mm -hmm. of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum seem to be numbered. I've always thought about the Blazers as the wizards of the Western conference, two dominant guards, just can never seem to get over the hump a lot of other rotating pieces besides that core. And what we've seen is CJ McCollum's names being floated heavy in rumors and it seems, especially if they re-sign Simons, that that could be Dame's backcourt of the future um, if they decide to run with them, too. So, Brad, I want to start with you on this. Do you see CJ getting moved, and if you do, to what team?
1: I do see him getting moved. I think uh, Anthony Simons coming on really did wonders for, for that Portland front office. I think they can get rid of a lot of guys who've been kind of lingering in both Dame and and uh, CJ. Um, I think CJ's the most likely to move because... His number is less and you can ask less for him. I think he'd be perfect in a place like Philly where they could use some scoring on the wings and they also wouldn't have to give up, you know, their their Matisse tibles. They could give up like a Shake Milton and some draft picks and, you know, maybe a, I don't know, maybe a swap for a Curry. You could do something like that. But I think CJ could go to a lot of places and make a lot of teams better with a lot less in return.
2: So they probably would have to include either Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris just for contract reasons. CJ McCollum yeah. making thirty million this year, thirty three next year, and thirty five the year after, all fully guaranteed. So that's a big contract. And obviously the talent is there, but you have to have a team that's willing to accept him, not just this not, year, but as part of the of their future.
1: I might be mistaken, but I think Portland can eat some salary.
2: They can, they can. Oh, they just they just
0: opened up a lot with this normal. Yeah. Powell. Um, so they don't have
1: to take. They don't have to give up a Tobias Harris. I think they can just, they can take a, a CJ.
2: Okay.
3: All right, Pat. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks on this one. I've seen where. Both ding, the ding, Pel-
0: ding! You got yeah, it, I've Pat.
3: Seen, <laughs> I've seen where both the Pelicans and the Mavericks are interested yep. in CJ McCollum. And for CJ's sake, I hope he doesn't go to New Orleans. That it's, it's just yeah. a mess. And uh, Dallas, you know, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe Jalen Brunson, maybe Dorian Finney Smith, uh maybe some cap relief. I'm not exactly sure. But uh yeah, I'd like to see CJ go to Dallas. I think he would pair nicely with Luka Doncic.
1: Jalen Brunson's gonna get paid. Well, yeah, he's gotta, yeah, he's on the last year of his contract, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well yep. both of they are both of them are. And you so, can't keep you can't keep both Dorian Finney Smith. And I think Dorian Finney Smith is the better fit in did you? in Portland with uh with Lillard. So that's Coach.
2: that's actually what I have.
1: Coach, did you see uh, Dallas turn down first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith?
2: No, I did not see that. Outside the lottery, though. Um, So I want to ask you guys, and and I I want to ask Pat first and James. I'm going to go to you after because you guys both said Dallas. If Portland makes this move, is it strictly salary dump? Because I'm looking at what they could potentially get back. They're not taking on Tim Hardaway's contract. They're they're probably maybe Dwight Powell's a throw-in. But I really look at the assets of Dorian Finney-Smith, but he's 28 years old. Jalen Brunson, but then you'd have to pay him, and we're already talking about a team that has their backcourt locked up. Reggie Bullock maybe, but he's 30 years old. Like, If you're Dallas and you're doing this, are you trying to get draft picks and the cap relief and just kind of go full rebuild? I'll get you first. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, like, do you think that would be their mo if they're trading CJ? Because I think if they trade him to other teams, they can get more talent. But if they trade it to Dallas, it's strictly salary dump and full rebuild purposes.
3: Yeah, so far they uh, haven't done anything to lead us to believe that they're interested in competing. So yeah, they may be going with a full, complete teardown, and it, and it could include eventually include Damian Lillard as well by this summer.
2: Gotcha, gotcha, Coach. What do you think? Well,
0: and, and this year, Little has been. Um, pretty good in that in that position but i think it would be uh a a dorian finney smith i think dallas really likes uh jalen brunson and yet it would be a dump selfishly i know i'm kind of going away from the question but i would just love to see cj mccollum on the dallas mavericks um playing with luca uh because of his size you can you can go three guards uh versatility wise and his, his defense actually been improving since he came back from injury so Uh, You got McCollum out there. You got Brunson. You got Luka Doncic. You got high IQ guys, people with um, clutch factors. uh, You know, you got to You got to try to make some type of move, uh, especially with Tim Hardaway Jr. being out for the season.
2: No, I certainly agree with that. And we got two players we're going to fly through and a little bit of buy or sell. And um, first one, I mean, this guy seems like he's on the move. It's Miles Turner. uh, Never really got the fit in Indiana. Reasonable contract, making 18 mil. Um, somebody that that plays really good defense and I, I want to start off I think Boston's a good fit for him I think put him at the five Robert Williams at the four you can keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum I think you'd probably have to give up Marcus Smart um, mm-hmm. you know maybe a future first round but Indiana seems keen on rebuilding and I think if they can get one player in a pick it, it's worth it and then for Boston you don't have to give up that young core I think you can add a good compliment piece but Pat I want to start with you where do you think Miles Turner makes a good fit
3: yeah, so while I was doing my research for this question, I saw where the Raptors, Spurs, Trailblazers, and Nets have all been potential reported as potential trade partners. So that might make Turner the most highly coveted player at the deadline. You know, I'd like to see him. I think it'd be cool to see him play with the Nets, but I don't see how that works with their salary cap. And then if not, maybe the San Antonio Spurs could be a dark horse uh, for and Miles Turner.
2: They do like their big men there. It always seems like they have a four or five that they like to build around. Brad, where where do you think Miles Turner fits best?
1: He hasn't been rumored, but I'd love to see him on the Lakers because AD doesn't want to play the five. LeBron didn't look great at the five, and he always faded back to playing point guard anyway. I think seeing those guys in more natural positions would really open up a lot of things. Um, It would make Russ better as well. I honestly think they need a true five because Howard and – Um, uh, DeAndre Jordan aren't really cutting it so i definitely go with Miles Turner at the 5 if they can make it happen Okay, Coach, where are you thinking?
0: I I think at this point um, Pat makes a great point that he might be the most coveted player and it's going to be who gives him the best deal. Also, he mentioned the teams. I also heard that uh, the Hornets were interested as well. So what is the best package that we can get in return? He is a good fit for so many teams because of his defensive versatility and his ability to hit the 3 much more than Sabonis, who is obviously the better player. It's harder to have him fit in on a lot of teams because of his uh, needing to have the ball in his hands all the time and
2: does. not
0: as potent uh, defensively. But my team that I see uh, is Toronto. Uh, Toronto is length, uh, versatility at your finest. you got to line up with, with Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet, All-Star. Um, it's just yeah, – it, I would love to see that visually and defensively, the capabilities that you do that. You give up a first, you give up a Choa, you give up a Drogic to fit the contract. You don't give up OG. Of... No, you keep him. You keep okay. him. He is, he is off, off limits for any trade talk. If you, if you, if you ask me, if anything, uh, maybe Gary Trent Jr. could be on the board, but I, I mean, that that's I probably don't... the highest
2: sell high of, of anybody that right now, like Gary Trent can't keep up this pace. Value will probably not uh, be. And high. Pacers
0: just you swallow up all, all the picks that you can get. You get a first round, you get a couple twos. Um you get Gary Trent's been really consistent play. What's that?
1: Gary Trent's been really consistent. Like oh he's hot, been, lately, yeah. Yeah, Toronto's been like growing their guards. We were talking about Norman Powell. Like Norman Powell, OG, uh, they just uh Gary play. Trent, like they just developed their guards really, really well.
2: I just want to say, I don't think anybody banks in more threes in the NBA than Miles Turner.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like it's so random, but like once or twice a game, he shoots a three, and at least one of those is hard off the glass and in. Um, I'll co-sign
1: that one. And also, right.
2: sh- shout out uh,
0: Fred Van Vliet, the guy that's undrafted and Ooh. completely deserved this all-star trip. Look at his
2: efficiency numbers. It's off of the charts. He
0: and does. he's
1: shooting like 15 threes a game now, which is absurd. I love it. He's I amazing. Love
2: it. he got the 3 and D, but we're going to our last player here. We're, I mean, it's it's a guard-themed show, it seems like. And we're going with Mr. and Fox. Signed it? the Supermax with the Kings a couple of years ago, but... In surprising for maybe most teams, maybe not for the Kings, just making puzzling moves by trade or by drafting Tyrese Halberton, Davion Mitchell back to back years. Keep in mind, Buddy Heald is also signed to a big extension. So plethora of guards and Fox seems to be hopefully on the move for his sake. Pat, where do you think makes a good fit for him?
3: I don't know where, what makes the best fit for him, but I saw where recently Brian Windhorst of ESPN reported a potential swap between the Knicks, Julius Randall, sending him to Sacramento for De'Aaron Fox. I don't know why the Knicks would I know things aren't going great right now with the Knicks, but, I mean, if I'm Sacramento, I uh, don't let them get off the phone. I would, you know, sh- shake their hand immediately. That would be too good of a move for the Sacramento Kings. So I don't know how much uh, to put into that report, but that would be ideal if you're Sacramento. So I
2: had the Knicks also. I think the Knicks need a star point guard and they've tried with star point guards past their prime with Derek Rose mm-hmm. and Kemble Walker.
3: Yeah.
2: Would you do this trade? So I think you got I don't know if you can include Randall because I think him and um Fox have to be the core. But like mm-hmm. Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and Kemba Walker for salary cap matching purposes for Deere and Fox.
3: Yeah, if I'm the if I'm the Knicks, but I don't know why okay. I would do that if I'm Sacramento.
2: Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, where, where are there good young big men? Like, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Chemezi, like, he, he has some talent. But like, Mitchell Robin is, is a solid defensive anchor, and Obi Toppin is probably good young talent. Like, I feel <clears> like everybody, the, the elephant in the room is that the Kings have a lot of guards, yeah. and you're having a team then, because De'Aaron Fox, the Fox is set to make a lot of money. I'm going to pull it up right now, his contract, and while I do... Uh, Brad, hop in and, and give your thoughts.
1: I I just I'm not sure what the Knicks are ever doing. I I honestly don't know what's going. I think they have enough guards. I think R.J. Barrett has been playing incredibly. Um, I think they should just let R.J. Barrett run point, let him grow. Um, and honestly, I think Sacramento should stay put and keep De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox has gotten better every single year of his career. Tyrese Halliburton works well beside him. Davion Mitchell has come on incredibly as a three-point shooting scorer. He's also distributing. Um, I see no reason that he can't – also defensively as well. He's been a lockdown defender on the wings. I I see no reason why the three of them can't coexist. If they want to bring Davion Mitchell as a six-man off the bench, they can. If they want to have a three-guard lineup, they can. I just think it's fine. They don't need to make a move for once Sacramento is actually building something, and I think they should stay put with Fox.
2: So De'Aaron Fox has four-year 135 mil left on his contract after this year. So what's in it for the Kings is to get out of that contract if, if you don't think you're in contention. And Brad, I mean, I that's
1: what Julius is I, making. I,
2: I will disagree but, with you. The Kings are 20 and 35. They're third to last in the Western Conference.
1: I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying they're building something. The and Kings have been they're...
2: building something since 2010. That's the last no, time they, they made the playoffs. It. No, that's they the have last it's the last they've time they've just been, they've been getting people. Else. They haven't been building anything. Right, now so, they've built something. So the Kings have De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald making a lot of money under contract. Same with Rashawn Holmes. Same with Harrison Barnes. They are spending a lot of money and they don't have the results to show. Uh, but that's just my take. Coach, what are I, you thinking?
0: Um, I'm actually on the opinion that they should make this trade. I think that uh, New York would actually get the better player, in, in my opinion, we saw Julius come up very small in the playoffs. We don't know what um, De'Aaron Fox looks like in the playoffs. Uh, we know that New York really needs a point guard. I think you throw in Bagley. You got Bagley. Uh, you go Fox. And um, you, you make that move uh, in New York. And, and Sacramento, uh, they obviously need help in Biggs. And it, you could see him in a new home. And, I mean, it would be such a Sacramento move that they keep they stay a middler. Uh, or a bottom feeder, however you want to put it, but uh, the contracts match, and I would – actually, I'm excited. I would I would like to see that happen. I want to see Marvin Bagley in a new place as well, and you know that they just keep grabbing more and more Duke players. And, and I know R.J. Barrett is, uh, has point guard capabilities, but he's seen that – we've seen that he can play off the ball as well with his three-point percentage going up, and he had 36 yesterday against the Lakers, looked really good. Um, and you, you get younger, you get faster, and you, you have – a swipe of Fox running running the running the show. So I, I see Julius Randle for uh, Darian Fox. I actually like it for both
2: teams. I, I, I mean I do too. I do too. And and if the Knicks can offload Fox's contract, I think it'd be interesting to see them play together. The Knicks just uh, seem offload, to go with all left.
1: Offload Fox's contract for Julius Randle? Like how does it, how does that make the Kings better?
2: I think I think it's going from a because
0: you have a you get a big you get a big now and you you just have the convenience of having all those guards like Davion Mitchell like uh, Buddy Hield like uh, Tyrese Halliburton you just have a plethora of guards where um, Halliburton is just coming into his own and maybe give him, maybe give it. him some more usage see the pairing between him and Randall give it a look what, what, and
3: what let's not forget him? that Randall was just the most improved player
2: last yes. season yeah yeah and what. What we see is interesting sometimes, and not just in basketball, but team building goes to ownership. And, you know, you have the, the James Dolans and First Kings Vivek. Like, it, it's very tough to build a team when you don't have someone competent running the front office. And, you know, not obviously none of us know him on a personal level, but the results speak for themselves. And when you haven't made the playoffs in 11 going on 12 years, it's just you can only have so many coaches, so many players before things don't really
1: seem to mesh. It's basketball. Like the things can change in a snap. We're looking at the Bengals who are going to the Super Bowl this year because yeah, they got two players. Like that's it, it just that's, things can change very quickly.
2: Yeah, but basketball is a little bit different in a best of seven and an eighty-two game season. They just but, have to get there. All right. Well, getting there is going to the playoffs first. So let's let's do baby steps here. But we're gonna go to buy or sell now, kind of from a team perspective and coach. I love using this graphic, getting the stocks, <laughs> getting the stocks involved. So. We got four teams here, and I kind of want to just go around the horn uh, in 30 seconds or less, whether you think this team is in buying or selling contention. And first is the Atlanta Hawks, Pat's baby hometown. They're underperforming a little bit this year, uh, 25 and 27, obviously not what people thought coming off Eastern Conference Finals Mm -hmm. appearances. Um, Pat, what do you think? Buy or sell?
3: Buy, but I don't think they're going to break the bank either. Just because right now they don't have much cap flexibility moving forward. They invested heavily in their young core during the off season, and unless they seriously break that up, they don't have much room to uh, make uh, many uh, major additions. So I think buy, but on a budget.
2: Okay, buy on a budget. And I, the reason I ask this is getting rid of Cam Redditch kind of seemed like a sell move. Like I, I understand you mm-hmm. don't want to pay him. But yeah. it just seemed like you gave up the best player in that deal, James. If you're the Hawks, are you buying and flying? Or are you selling? I also, and selling?
0: Don't, I, don't, I don't think Reddish has, has fared well so far in his NBA career. He's been one of the most inefficient players in the NBA um, since he's gotten here, uh, with his usage, his percentage. It's just um, he's definitely a talent. But I, I, I'm not mad at Atlanta keeping you know DeAndre Hunter and, and Herter, who fit better with uh, Trey Young. I think they're going to try to offload Gallo. Or Bogdanovich. Uh, they're not uh, great fits. And you could see maybe somebody in contention uh, trying to make a move for them. Maybe it's uh, Utah, as we mentioned uh, before. Maybe Gallo kind of fits in that, that Joey Ingles role and maybe you can you can squeeze something out of them. Um, so that's my take as far as Atlanta's is concerned. Gosh, that, that's
3: he, a, yeah, that's a great point, Coach, just because uh, Gallo's got the most trade-friendly contract that there is right now at the deadline. So it, I'd be shocked if he hasn't moved in the next few days. That's a great point. And, he has, and he has that.
0: moments. Like, he could win yeah. you a playoff game, <laughs> hypothetically. He has,
2: he has moments which got him a $63 million contract. <laughs> but, I remember when that happened? I was like, gosh, this is awful.
0: Yeah, every time you're going to say Gallo sucks, he like, he'll drop 20. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> You know, he has he he has his days.
2: I I hate big men that have foot issues. And he had that before the contract. Brad Hawks buy sell.
1: Yeah, I I don't believe in the baseball mentality of like every time you have a bad season, you tear the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. I think the Hawks should be buyers. I think they're closer to the team they are last year than the team they currently are this year. Um, The problem with the Hawks is I think they're great on paper. Like I don't even necessarily know what they need. I think Trey is excellent. I love Bogdanovich as your leading scorer off the bench. I love Herter. I love Collins. I love uh, Capella as well. Like, they got some nice twin towers. Having Hunter healthy helps a lot. Hunter is incredible. Like, as a 3 and D player, I I just, I really like what the Hawks have. They should definitely be buyers, but I I think, like everybody mentioned, they should just pivot off of Gallo to get something that can complement them there's not something big yeah they should buy on a budget like pat said
2: yeah and that's kind of where i was going also i don't think you can have the level of success you had last season and say yeah we're selling i I, but i think a shakeup is needed and kind of in that buy sense we're gonna gonna go to a team in the same division and that's the charlotte hornets 28 and 26 this year currently ninth in the east and i mean this team has shown some potential And, and look i'm wrong about Lamelo ball okay I, I you see this? I'm gonna eat my words on that because I thought he was a glorified Austin River. So I'm taking wow. the L. On, I'm taking the L on this one. Okay. In, I, fa-
1: I, in fairness to Eric, that was before the draft. That was, was before was It was
2: before the draft. But I mean, we look, <laughs> and the Hornets have some big contracts on the books. Gordon Hayward making 61 mil the next two seasons. Terry Rozier is under contract till 25, 26. But other than that, besides Kelly Oubre making 12 mil this and next year. They're not really in a position that they're spending, but they're kind of in that middle of the five hundred ish. Pat, what do you think? Should they buy or sell?
3: I think neither. I think they're ahead of schedule on their rebuild. I think mm-hmm. they've got a nice uh, mix of young talent and veteran leadership. I, I'd be. I don't. I really don't anticipate the Hornets shaking things up at the trade deadline.
1: Okay. All right, Brad. What about you? I think the Hornets are a lot better than they thought they would be at this point. So their team doesn't really have shape. They have a lot of duplicative players like Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier all kind of do similar things. And I think the Hornets need to have more of a a shape to their team, as in they should build around LaMelo. They need to build around Bridges. They need to get a center that they can count on long term. And then from there, kind of build out the wings. So I, I think they should probably stay put right now. They shouldn't be buyers or sellers. I don't think they're close to being, you know, a deep playoff contending team, but it's clear that they are close to being a playoff team. So um, I think that you probably stay put and let things play out.
0: All
2: right, Coach, what about you?
0: I think both of you make uh, great points. And with that depth, they have the flexibility to make some moves, honestly. Um, P.J. Washington, if they can find him a home, maybe get some type of, of future asset for him. Maybe somebody likes him. And, you know, actually, Gordon Hayward is – actually expendable and i know that there were talks about him signing with indiana before the whole charlotte thing happened and maybe you pull the trigger on miles turner for gordon hayward it wouldn't be the worst thing for either team
2: i think if you can find someone to take the contract of gordon hayward or rogier that you do it i mean gordon hayward 31 and, and he's a talented player but i don't think he's going to be a building block especially worth 30 million a year and Rozier, i, I think that was it was just it was a sp- for one of those flashy signings that MJ did. And I think after losing Kemba, like you needed to replace him with a star potential caliber guard. And, you know, they, they, kind of took the chance because Rozier didn't have that playing time with the Celtics. And it's like, well, maybe this is the next best thing. Let's take a gamble on him. Um, I, I like what the Hornets are doing, but like you said, build around Lamelo. I think if you can get some value for um, Rogier or Hayward, now you do it to, to kind of punt the next couple of years. And then, when you have that cap room, you sign a couple big free free agents to pair with LaMelo. And- well, we all know that they have to pay Miles Bridges. I,
3: who I knew? Mean, who they knew didn't lock Miles him Bridges is be they, this, man. Oh, do, my God. To who knew? He
0: they bet on himself. To him. he's, gonna get, he's due for a
1: huge they, payday. They do
2: have to, but that's the thing. Maybe MJ doesn't pay him. Like that's, It's not the oh, craziest thing in the you world. You can't break up the LaMelo ball Bridges
0: show. I'll tell you
1: what. Uh, to Dot's point, like if, if I can go get a lottery pick for Miles Bridges, which you might be able to, I might think about it. Get rid of Gordon.
0: (laughs) See how much value you can get for Hayward.
1: I agree. agree. We got
2: we got a couple teams left. We're going with the Celtics, so we're just sticking in these for this main part of the segment. (laughs) Um, It it seems like it's kind of being make or break for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They have really thrown Marcus Smart out there. It seems like they're really trying to get him off the books and maybe to include um, you know a a package. And and it's interesting. You know, the Celtics seemed like they were going to be contenders for a while. And then Danny Ainge steps down. I think everybody caught on to what he was doing and and just him fleecing people. Brad Stevens going from head coach to front office. I'm a Udoka. It seems like the Celtics (laughs) kind of had a short peak. And I don't necessarily think that they're buyers now. But, Pat, I'm interested to hear your thoughts in the direction that they go.
3: I agree. I think the Celtics are technically sellers this time around. They're obviously trying to get rid of Marcus Smart. Dennis Schroeder's in a one-year contract. They might try to move off him as well. So uh, I think, yeah, I think technically they're sellers.
2: I agree with and And let let me ask, like, let's say they don't make a huge move or they maybe they, they make a minor move. They get bounced in the first or second round this year. Do you think Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown's traded in the offseason?
3: I think Jason Tatum means far more to the organization than Jalen Brown. So – I guess Brown would be the first to go. I think they're going to do what they've got to do to keep Tatum happy. They don't want him leaving at any point. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: James, what do you think?
0: Uh, you keep your star wings and you shake everything up. Uh, whatever they have right now, it's not working. You get no. you get rid of Horford, Smart, uh, Josh Richardson, uh, Schroeder. Just get, make anything happen because Brad Stevens, you know, first year as GM, all these moves that he's made has not worked out. Uh, Horford – uh, Schroeder, like shake it up, um, shuffle the deck uh, see what you see, what it looks like uh, with different players. And, and I'm telling anything, honestly, but you keep those two young guys um, by any means because uh, Tatum, I agree with Pat, he's not going anywhere. And don't give up on Jalen Brown because he's still 25 a game as
2: well. So it's going to be interesting to see Al Horford making 26.5 mil next season. If they don't trade Marcus smart, he's under contract till 25, 26, and he's making 16 mil next year. Josh Richardson making 12 mil next year. They signed Robert Smith to albeit a team friendly deal, but he's making between 10 to 13 mil. So they're really str- hamstrung with the salary cap, not to mention Jalen Brown is going to make 26 mil and Jason Tatum is making 30 mil next year. So there's very little flexibility they have in terms of signing players. It's really, can you get pieces for the Marcus smarts for the Josh Richardson's and people taking those contracts? Brad, I want to hop to you.
1: I think it's time to blow it up. Um, it's not working. I think, I think, The only two pieces that are untouchable in a blow-it-up scenario are Jason Tatum and Robert Williams. I think it's not giving up on Jalen Brown. It's just recognizing that the two don't work well together. Um, They're very ball-dominant, and when they're both on the court, the offense is, if Jason Tatum has the ball, he's going to shoot it. If Jalen Brown has the ball, he's going to shoot it, and that's what it is. Marcus Smart came out, and they had a players-only meeting talking about that fact. It's just not going to work between the two of them, even though both of them are still good, still very good and getting better each year um i think you can get a lot for Jalen brown so he's worth um being a a very notable trade trade chip um i think that robert williams has shown that he can be you know a cornerstone so I, i think robert williams and jason tatum should be the only untouchables on the roster but they need to recognize that the way that this team is built right now is not a contender
0: to the brown and tatum point i mean let's not forget about just a couple years ago this team was up three two in the eastern conference finals and so that that's LeBron how much performances that's how much things, things changed have changed sport, so. yeah things yeah but those changed. two players were still the main you know the main guys on the team um, and now it they're can not be done it's not like this is an impossible fit and they're still you know 26 and under like we
2: you know how i knew it wasn't gonna work remember the first game of the season and the celtics and the knicks played and it went yeah. like that—that that OT double OT game. It was literally ISO ball. It's Jalen Brown's yeah, it's on fire. It it's Jalen Brown's on fire. But Jason Tatum hasn't shot yet. Jason yep. Tatum, has shot, I shot—I think—shot three of fifteen from three that game. So it's they like don't run an offense. It's, it's, it's Brown, just Jason Brown, Brown, Tatum, Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder. Back to Tatum, Tatum, Brown, Brown. There's like two passes on offense
1: and a lot of ISO ball. It's on like mat. they have. It's like they have two James Hardens. Like it just—it yeah. won't work. They don't All play right. their
0: young players either. They play these veterans too much time. So, and we don't even know how good Pritchard is and some of these other yeah. players because they don't get the opportunity.
2: So last team we got here is the New Orleans Pelicans. I brought them out. Special shout-out to Antonio Daniels coming on the pod. And, look, the Pelicans have shown some sign of life. They started out the season 1-10, and 10, and now they're 20-32. and 32. Now, I'm not saying by any means that that's going to set the world on fire, but they've shown some promise. And he said, watching this team, it's special. And, look, they've locked in a lot, a lot of money in players. Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Devontae Graham, I mean, Jason Rich or Josh Hart. They're going to have to pay Jackson Hayes, who has been coming on. So, Pat, I mean, the, the Pelicans are just in an interesting situation. What do you think they do?
3: I'm going to go with buyers because they have nowhere to go but up. Uh... I think mm-hmm. David Griffin should be arrested for what he's done to that organization <laughs> in just four <three, laughs> years. The man's a war criminal, and <laughs> I th- they've got nowhere to go But up. I think they've got to do something because pretty, it'll be interesting, really, to see what ends up happening uh, with Zion, to be honest. And I think they got to take into account how he feels about everything. He could be the first ever player to turn down, to not only not play and get offered a max, but then turn it down, so.
2: APB out for David Griffin's arrest. I like it. Um, I'm kind of with you. I like for them to be buyers because I don't think that you can sell everything you have. Like, you know, Valanciunas is on a good contract, but I don't think anybody takes Josh Hart. I don't think anybody takes Devontae Graham. Whoa. I, I think you sell Zion Williamson and you build with the team you have. Get some trade value. Don't worry about paying Zion the supermax get a couple role players, have a team like maybe Miami or like the Knicks, somebody that wants a star appeal player, and it's a win-win. I mean, it's it's kind of punting on the number one pick and a glorified player, but it's getting some value before you get none.
1: Brad, you said
2: whoa. Explain yeah. that whoa.
1: Well, Josh Hart, I think he could be an incredible piece for a contender. I, he's just a great defender, and he can go get very efficient points. So I'm, and he's been a he's been a lot in a lot of rumors lately in the in the trade mills. So I was surprised that he said that nobody would want Josh Hart. I agree with the Devontae Graham take. I think his value is definitely his stock is definitely going down, despite my love for him. But uh, I so I'm closer to Pat. Like I think I think they should be doing a little bit of both. I think they should be buying and selling. They should be selling the Josh Harts. They should be trying to get rid of the Devonte Grahams if they can. But they also need to build something around Zion and Brandon Ingram because you have to at least show Zion that you're trying to build something. You have to give him a reason to make him want to sign up again. And they need to see if it's worth signing up again, signing Zion up again, because, you know, if his weight is going to be an issue for the rest of his career, it might not be. It might not be worth, you know, injury troubles or or whatever is going to come with his, his you know weight issues. So um, I. The Pelicans are in a really tough spot. They, I don't really know what they should do, but they should get value wherever they can, and also build around Ingram and and Zion. Okay, all right. I don't,
0: I don't see much value that they can get from players that I see that are like not on the board. I don't give up on Valanciunas without even giving them a look of one game together. Um, Point Zion is a thing. You get Zion, uh, you got JV uh bi has had an all-star caliber season he's been more efficient better on it on, on defense and speaking of defense you have uh in, just an awesome rookie in herb jones and he is here to Incredible. stay he's going to be a, a, a glue guy for 10 12 years i love what i see from herb jones oh gosh uh, and he's, gonna, I
1: he's s- got the he's got the ben simmons i that, love that guy love i love that
2: stock master he, yeah. he's, he's a stock king we're talking that about thing. oh, oh she's <laughs> like, He's like Tesla a couple months ago. He just keeps going <laughs> up, and up and up and up
0: and up. Well, and you thought Trey Murphy uh, the third was going to be that guy uh, yeah. as he was drafted early in the first round, but it ends up being Herb Jones. And uh, you you have uh, Josh Hart, and we we talked about his you know his rebound palace and just his overall. Um, savvy that he brings the game you want to give that a look uh, but i don't see you're not going to get any value for Devontae graham that shoots 37 percent from the field but you can or, get
1: value for Hart. you can get value for Valentinus. but i hear you. yeah i, I don't get rid coach. of them unless
0: it's something crazy in return i just don't so you're just saying don't put- get, i'm i'm trying to get unload anything i got on the on the bench or any of those young guys but the, the five the four guys that i mentioned are to me i want to at least see them with zion
1: that's reasonable. I like that okay. take. Okay. I mean, all Jv
0: right. has been just one of the best uh, post players in the entire he's, league. He's yeah.
1: always been that. Like so. he's consistent. Like he's always been just a very dependable player.
2: It's uh, it's interesting. You know, trade deadline's coming up in the next week, and like, which te- you know, we're all saying the Pelicans should be buyers, and maybe they're just sellers. They have a firestorm, and and that's kind of where, you know, Pat. I mean, Pat's connected better than any of us, so I'm sure what he hears is more, you know closer to what might happen, but you never know. I mean, there's the big thing we talk about in sports is it's connections and teams that do business with each other or owners that like each other are probably more likely to make a deal done. We're going to go to the last segment right here and just kind of around the horn, a player that hasn't been in the news that you think is going to get traded. And Pat, I want to start with you to finish this out.
3: Let's go with Serge Ibaka. I still, I'm still shocked that the Clippers are uh, buying at this point. I think he's got plenty of gas left in the tank. I think his stock is high, but he still is going to be expensive moving forward with the Clippers. Again, I'm still shocked that the Clippers are trying to make a move this season. So I think he's a dark horse candidate to be traded.
2: Okay. All right, Brad.
1: I'm going to go with Victor Aladipo. I think Miami is really close to building something but I think they need a little bit extra. They've had a lot of chemistry issues with um, guys being out from COVID and guys getting injured, and it's just it's not been great. But Victor Aladipo is somebody who, you know, re-signed on a very cheap deal, and he's also got a lot to offer. I think he wants to prove that he's still a, an all-star caliber player, and I'm not sure he's going to get that usage on Miami when he does come back. Um, I, I think he's going to be my dark horse for a trade candidate. Okay. Coach,
0: let's hear yours. I don't think Vic has any trade value right now. What do what can you get for him? He hasn't played,
1: <laughs> but um, he's cheap.
0: Yeah, he's cheap. I don't. I just like, that,
2: that contract ain't cheap.
0: I don't know what. No, it doing, is. But it's I, not, I actually love cheap. what Miami. All right, has let's done.
2: let's let's look at Victor Oladipo's contract right I now. I love
0: what Miami's done in, in with with just replacement with everybody stepping in when people have been out. It's just been awesome the been next man up. And then, yeah, I mean, you were you're seven. Leading the league in rebounds in the time that he was starting. And then as soon as Bam came back, he, he was on on the shelf. So I just Vincent's been great. Uh Struess has even had a better season than Duncan Robinson. I would love Miami. But um to go back hold to up, Hold up,
1: coach. I want to interrupt one second. Doc, he signed for one year, two point four million. I did
2: see that. I was gonna bring it up. Yeah. That's fair. It's fair.
1: Uh
0: go ahead, to coach. To pass point on a, um, a Baca, I could see uh, possibly Kennard or Coffee be on the move now it's, that is, you got Roco. Um, now that you got Norman Powell, uh, I know Kennard is on a bad contract, uh, but she, you know you never know which who's going to say yes. Or I mean, he's still having a, a an R eight season, um, and the Cavs need to make a push. Cav, I know they this wasn't on buy or sell. Cavs need to buy. Um, I, I would be looking at Karis Levert. Uh, even uh, if Jeremy Grant,
2: fit. or I like Harris Levert,
0: yeah. So because because of uh Darius Garland's just unbelievable playmaking, you can fit a lot of different guards around him. So I, for me, the Cavs because they're just unbelievable season that they're having, they got to buy in and 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 find another piece, uh, somebody else that can give you minutes in the playoffs. So I'd look at I'd look at a Levert or, or a or somebody on the wing that uh, can help contribute.
2: All right. So for mine. It's. I got to pull up this graphic because Thaddeus Young is in rare talent players with 800 (laughs) games to average 13 and a half points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, shooting 49% from the field and 30% from three point. So we saw two present or future Lakers. Thad Young goes to the Lakers. He's kind of a tweener. He's making 13 million this season. The Trailblazer Spurs aren't even playing him. I think it's just kind of like a, a salary dump switch. They include, you know, DeAndre Jordan, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn, Kent Bazemore. People are on one-year deals, and you throw in a second-round deal just so the Spurs get a little sweet out of it. I think that's realistic. Like Lakers don't have many assets. They have the 2027 20, first. They have Malik Monk, who I don't think they trade, and they have no. and Horton Tucker. Right, no. I think Thad Young is the best player they can get without giving up too much for it. And just honorable mention to, to Thad Young. Getting the final bucket of a game last year when I bet his over under the <laughs> under uh, with one second shoots up a meaningless hook that goes around the rim and in. Thank you for losing me twenty dollars, <laughs> that young. Um, I
0: want to see him go back to Chicago because of the injury. I think he would be a really good fit. At like the Chicago could really use him right now with that Williams That's going interesting. down. Yeah. I don't know what I, they can give up, but
2: I, I think he's got to be on the move though. I mean the, the Spurs are rebuilding and the Spurs are exciting, but Thad Young just doesn't fit in. He's a good tweener. He's 33 years old. I, I think he has a little bit more time left. He definitely in should get
0: traded. We need to yeah. the fantasy owners out there need to see him get traded.
2: They do. They do. That's small forward, power forward, eligibility. Um, but really wanna appreciate Pat for coming on and, and the two fellas as well. Um for talking some NBA trade talk. But Pat, before we get out of here, and I want you to tell the audience where they can find you on the socials, some of the work, great work that you're doing. Floor is yours, my man.
3: First, I just want to say that Thaddeus Young graphic was nasty. Ah! <laughs> we put that Here we together.
2: Go. One more time for it
0: 13 points, six company. rebounds.
2: Elite that, company
0: with Magic,
2: Bird,
3: MJ, LeBron, and Thaddeus Young. hand
1: handpicked stats, I've ever I, seen. I was going to say.
3: Uh, you, know, you know, I like to cherry pick stats more than just about anybody, but that makes me feel like I need to step my game up. Like my, my takes need to be as asinine as that one was. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I gotta you know, be better. Whatever. I gotta go when back. You- I gotta go back to the gym and work on my, work on my game. You know, you, know,
2: you know, when people use like things like, Oh, I'm going to tell my grandkids this was so-and-so player. That is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to tell my grandkids. I was in the same stratosphere as LeBron, MJ, bird and magic.
3: That was crazy, man. But yeah. So I- anyway, thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Long time listener, first time caller. I really appreciate y'all having me. And you can just follow me. I didn't. I didn't get the re- the uh, memo that we were putting our Twitter handle down at the bottom. So just follow me at Pat Vincent Jr. on Twitter, and uh, follow uh, check out Sports Illustrated Atlanta Hawks coverage. And again, thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, and I mean he's doing great work on there. First of all, he's verified, so you know the stuff on there is real. I mean, you you can never go wrong following someone that loves the game first and then does this for their business second. And not just Hawks coverage, but, I mean, this guy's covering the NBA year-round, some great tweets on there. Um, And like I said, please give him a follow. Give him a follow on his Instagram as well. Post some really cool stuff on there. Uh, But for everybody that does consume Triple Play, whether it be via YouTube, the podcast, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you check out some of the future stuff we got going on. And buckle up because it's going to be a wild trade deadline. We'll catch you guys on the next one.
0: You're the man, Pat.